0: The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
1: I am Hike Ballion and I am with Mark Dreyer, the China Sports Insider. And this is the China Sports Insider. Podcast today, week one of the Tokyo Games is in the books, and really, what else is there to talk about? Mark, China's been doing incredibly well this week.
2: Yeah, so the the schedule is always front loaded in terms of the sports that China does well at. But um, Grace Note Sport, which is sort of a division of uh, of Nielsen and the, the Stats Guys, there they're kind of like the gold standard when it comes to predicting the medals. And coming into the games, it looked like uh, China was going to be pretty comfortably in seconds to the US. Um, with a gap of about six over Japan. Uh, And so it was kind of, you know, not too many... uh, um, upsets expected there and then as it's been coming china's actually been doing well but japan's been doing even better japan's ratio of medals to goals is unbelievable like i think two-thirds of their medals pretty much have been golds you look at somewhere like italy and they've got two goals and i think about 14 bronze like yeah. it's, it's, oh, it's the opposite yeah <laughs> so japan is a real threat now for china however it's kind of tilted a little bit back in china's favor in the last few days but yeah, um, the U.S. will pick up. China still, at the moment, as we speak here on day nine, yeah. is number one. Yeah, the Ch-
1: China versus Japan. It's just, you know, sort of becoming the story of the games in, 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 in a way. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about just some individual results. Like today, we're talking on August 1. This morning, Beijing time, a shot putter, Gong uh, Li Jiao, she just won gold. And that's actually quite a really, it's a really cool story, actually.
2: Yes, it is. Now, you know, women's shot put, it's not with all com- Massive respect to her, and I will we'll go over her story in a second, but, you know, it's not the most glamorous event in, in all of the Olympics, uh, but she is a big star in China because she was a hot, hot favourite for gold, so CCTV has been kind of promoting her relentlessly, but she has been competing for a while. In 2008, her home game, she finished fifth. Now, the record book shows she, get, she got bronze, uh, because two of the, uh, the, the the people who finished ahead of her were later kicked out for, for doping offences. But she never got to celebrate that. Similar story in London at 2012. She finished fourth. Again, the worst position to finish because you don't get a medal. The record books show, she got silver. But again, she didn't have a chance to celebrate. Then she comes into Rio four years ago. I mean, she is a veteran. And she was one of the favourites for gold. And she just said she just wasn't feeling. As soon as she got to Rio, she wasn't feeling herself. She finished fourth. That's the result that has still stood. She said she cried all the way home to the airport, you know, when she was leaving. Anyway, fast forward to another five years, of course, uh, Tokyo. Tokyo and she finished first so she was I think all of her throws apart from one that didn't count all of them would have would have secured her first so she was incredibly dominant yeah. and just really good to see that that persistence kind of a, a classic Olympic story you know I saw I saw the event this morning as well and, and her throws were something like over age, each
1: one was over 20 meters yeah. and I think the closest competitor was something like 19 and a half 19.6 yeah, yeah. so it was quite a dominant victory which, yeah. was, which is really really cool to see now we talked a little bit about the China versus Japan rivalry and that's come out a few times in the games. To China's credit, I think a lot of the athletes have been really gracious in both victory and in defeat. You saw some high profile uh, losses, especially uh, in the case of one gymnast, Xiao Roteng. And that story was really interesting because he was docked 0.3 points because he didn't salute
2: yeah. It, you know, routine. for most of us who watch gymnastics just during the Olympics, we're like, it's crazy. You kind of have fist pumped several times. It looked kind of fine. And of course, people online are like, what the hell's going on? Because the Japanese guy landed out of bounds and, and he was only penalized uh, a tenth of a point instead yeah. of three tenths of a point. Now, it turns out it wouldn't have made the difference, you know, but, you know, the the, the perception here is that Japan was was getting the home crowd uh, boost uh, well obviously no crowd but you yeah. know the, <laughs> yeah. the, the hometown boost <laughs> yeah. i guess we should say uh, anyway that kind of blew up online and it was pretty unpleasant some of yeah. the abuse that the uh, that the japanese um gymnast was receiving now tencent sports uh, actually put out a, a just a link to a story that said um you know Shao otan was was defeated by japan's 19 year old talent star kind of genius was the word um And there was such an outcry that they used that word to describe the Japanese gymnast. that They had to take it down and apologize because it was a trending topic on Weibo. I mean, it was just so over the top. Um, But like you said, the athletes themselves have been really magnificent. There's been so many examples in the sailing. The Chinese girl was celebrating with the others. We've seen it in the table tennis with uh, Mima Ito, the the 20-year-old. Really good friends with one of her uh, Chinese rivals, People online in China have been sort of taking huge delight in 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 Mima Ito, the Japanese girl's defeat in the semi final to the Chinese uh, player. Uh, instead of celebrating the Chinese victory, uh, but actually the players themselves are, are really friendly. So yeah. you know we've had they've had to shut down some social media accounts, some of the Japanese athletes. So it's it's got out of board for sure. Yeah, and you know. China, you have to say, is tolerating this because, um, you know, certainly on 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 a platform like Weibo where it controls it, um, you know, they, they, they can they can censor stuff if they need. So, so one other example of a sort of a positive sportsmanship story was,
1: yeah. you know, Duncan Scott in the men's individual medley 200 meters. He uh, he was beaten by Wang Chung. Yeah. Um, and this,
2: his reaction to that defeat was 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 kind of notable, wasn't it? Yeah, I I mean, I hadn't followed too much of the the detailed ins and outs, but the high-profile story, of course, of the last few years was Sun Yang. And Duncan Scott, the British uh, um, swimmer, was one of the guys who kind of took a stand. He refused to shake Sun Yang's hand uh, at the 2019 World Championship. So when I saw them finish first and second, I was like, oh, this is going to get kind of a bit ugly in the press conference. But it wasn't uh, at all. In fact, uh, Wang Shen was doing a live CCTV interview and during the middle of it scott came up and congratulated specifically stopped to say well done great race uh and it was nice to see and so really you know the conclusion there is is that actually it was just sun yang is is he doesn't have that many friends in the swimming community within china to be honest uh and uh clearly clearly in the international community as well like he's had the 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 doping offenses and so that's why he's been the uh, the controversial athlete, but it's not a it's not an anti-China thing within swimming, which is good. Because, you know, there, there was a danger that sort of Chinese athletes can get grouped together and say, oh, they're all dopers and so on. And we hate all these cheating Chinese. But that doesn't seem to be the case at all. It was very much a sort of uh, specific to Sun Yang.
1: Right now, China is leading uh, the medal board with 22 gold. So that really depends on how you look at the standings. Um, I grew up thinking of the leaderboard as the total number of, of medals and yeah. not
2: like just the number of gold. Yeah now I realize I was wrong well Mitchell. I mean North America the Americans and the Canadians do do total number of medals and, That's right. and they've always done that and it's consistent yeah I think um, you know what, what's interesting is when people flip flop and there was a time actually in London 2012 where the UK you know GB follows the official IOC way where it's total gold But then in London, they started doing slightly better, if you count by total. So the media there started flipping over in the middle of the Olympics.
1: Yeah, and similarly (laughs) in Canada, in
2: 2010, the Vancouver Games, Canada won the most number of gold. Gold, so that was a big deal. And it was a huge deal, and all of a sudden, we were in the leaderboard. But obviously for for China, you know, there is still that obsession with gold, even though, you know, you hear now and then, you know, no, we need to get away from that obsession, but... Gold is still very much what counts. So, yeah. you know, by the IOC, the official way, and by the Chinese way, China at the moment is number one. Now, no one's expecting they'll stay at number one because we've For got sure. track and field coming up in week two and the Americans will overtake. But if China can stay number two, that has to be seen as, uh, as pretty decent.
1: They've had some great results. Um, weightlifting, five, five, five gold in weight. Yeah, right so now, far, Yeah, amazing shooting three, diving three. I'm just looking at your website, ChinaSportsInsider.com, by the way. For Thanks these, for the plug. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um,
2: swimming three gold, which was uh, really really good, actually. Yeah. I mean, if I had to, if I had to pick out one sport, actually a little bit uh, under the radar, there it would be rowing. They have only got mm-hmm. one gold medal, but two bronze as well, and. This is a program that has a lot of powerhouse, traditional powerhouses. China has not been one of them. But they brought in Steve Redgrave uh, a few years back to to kind of oversee the rowing program. And it looks like he's actually really had some effect here. And it's amazing what China can do if it puts a decent long-term plan in place and sticks to it. Like it's not rocket science. But so often we see these grand plans football soccer is the classic example of just stop start and moving backward but basically but rowing you know if they stick to that long term vision they they can make some progress they have all the resources in the world they just need to use them in the right way and let's leave that for the ice hockey discussion
1: later on correct <laughs> <laughs> so so let's go, let's go to the uh, flip side of all this which is the disappointment. Yeah. and they're oh man it's hard i cannot believe I cannot believe the Chinese women's volleyball team has basically
2: crashed out of the tournament, haven't they? Yes. So they lost their first three games and they were hoping for other results to to go their way. They, these are the reigning champs, by the way, probably the most famous team in China because the coach and, and one of their big stars are household names in China, uh, Lang Ping, the coach, and Juting, the, the star spiker. Uh, but they just, you know, Juting was carrying a wrist injury, which definitely hampered her play. And... Um, it was really interesting, and, and I, I'd be interested to, to see if, if, if listeners have any views on this. But yeah. they finally won a game after they had already been eliminated. But this was a group stage, and they beat the Italians, and it was a good performance, three nothing. But they were jumping around like almost like they'd won the gold, and that's like, really weird. Like, yeah, and, and some some you know Chinese friends that I said was like, well, no, they were kind of showing that they were still a good team and that they were getting back, and they really needed that win. But for me, it was it was. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was just quite
1: strange. So, have you had a sense of what the disappointment has been like here, or what the re- reaction to
2: to that loss I mean, has been? I mean, I think one thing with the Olympics, there's so many other things going on. Yeah. It's quite oh. easy to kind of pick up on somewhere else. And again, China's doing well. China leads the medal tables with with 22 golds now. So, yes, that is a big disappointment, but there's still plenty of uh, of triumphs to celebrate, and still lots more to come as well I think when it's when it's isolated, if it's like the volleyball world championships or you know qualification for the men's world Cup in in soccer, something like that, and there's nothing else to talk about that 's when these disappointments are really bad um, but I think you know on the flip side there's so much other news that it kind of gets lost in the news cycle
1: with the Olympics there's it's not just about the sport it's also just about the individual stories yeah that, that come out has there been anything that's come out just just any kind of individual story that
2: that you've that you've heard about or you've seen
1: that that has really hit you uh-huh.
2: yeah actually got nothing to do with China so we'll, well I'll if you can allow me one exception on the China Sports Insider podcast to talk about a non-Chinese story let's do but it so there, there was a taekwondo uh, uh, um, it was Did we talk about this last time? Oh, we didn't. We talked about it off air. So let's talk about it on air. Okay. There was a taekwondo athlete from Uzbekistan who was in the gold medal match. And so his story kind of came to the fore. He was uh, competing in that bout three weeks after losing his South Korean coach. Now, the guy didn't just pass away from cancer. He was murdered. He was stabbed to death. In Uzbekistan, his Korean coach in a Taekwondo-related feud. We're not exactly sure what happened. It hasn't been like a big story back in Uzbekistan media. I'm not fluent in Uzbek, but um, I mean, can well, you let's let's, it? let's 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 change that somehow? I'm not I mean, sure the, can... the coach was stabbed to death three weeks, and then the yeah. guy goes and wins gold.
1: That's amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a Hollywood script right there. Yeah, honestly, my head
1: is mush right now I, I feel like I've been watching sports 24 hours a day seven days a week uh, it's been amazing like all of a sudden my TV had 10 extra channels <laughs> devoted yeah. just to the Olympics and I just I do not know what to do with my time right now just except for watching sports so we've been talking mostly about well we're talking really only about the um, the summer games but there is news about the winter games uh, specifically about China's ice hockey team now when you were on my podcast a few months ago we did talk about this and this has actually been one of your biggest sort of stories that you've that you've broken on ChinaSportsInsider.com uh, there's some new news about this as well what what happened
2: well it's news that we've been expecting frankly for months but China has been in the process actually of years of trying to recruit what they call heritage players so effectively for, for ice hockey it's North American players Canadians and 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 uh uh, and Americans of some sort of Chinese descent, you know, it, it could be fully Chinese ethnically, or it could maybe you kind of grow like a, uh, a grandparent or a more distant relative, but a heritage player um, to recruit to play for Team China. But there was a bit of a block and it's pretty long and complicated, but there was some sort of behind the scenes fighting and the, the the professional team here, Kunlun Red Star, effectively were training these guys. They were charged with um, with the development of the Olympic team for both the men's and the women's. And then they fell out somehow with the the Chinese Ice Hockey Association. And so this whole naturalisation or recruitment process for these overseas players was was sort of locked in a stalemate. Then I think uh, the news got out that the Chinese team, the existing Chinese squad of just pure homegrown Chinese players was so bad, particularly on the men's side, that they were going to get, frankly, humiliated. And I don't think that's an exaggeration at all uh, when they play the, the Americans and the Canadians. At next year's uh, Olympics, that they kind of had their hand was forced. They had to recruit these supplementary players, I guess, if you can call it that way. You know, ringers, perhaps, if you want. But you know, they do have uh, some Chinese connection. And so, finally, this week we got news from the Kunlun Red Star website, uh, and, and I've been hearing this has been in the works for for months now. And then it was basically confirmed weeks ago, but they haven't released it until this week. That these players will be playing for the Kunlun team in Russia because there's no uh, games being played in, in in China this season and then they will form the basis for the men's and women's Chinese ice hockey teams at next year's Olympics in February. So the passport issue I think still has to be uh, completely finalized but they've announced that it is happening and so finally progress has been made. Yeah, that's
1: that's that's huge news and and you know in terms of the the passport issue, I mean where there's a will there's a way and I think they'll, you know, they will probably find a way.
2: Yes. Um yeah, it's the 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 there's some definitely controversial issues there which you don't need to necessarily <laughs> go, in, go into here but but yeah. the one thing I would say is that they had this plan 4 years ago. And if they'd recruited those players and locked them in for the Chinese team and they'd been able to get some real teamwork, they're not going to be winning any gold medals, certainly on the men's side. They're still going to be making up the numbers, but they just think about how far ahead they could have been um, versus now where they just literally got six months to go and they're coming in fresh and playing with their teammates, sometimes for the first time. Like, they've wasted three and a half years. And, it, and that's my frustration. We're in con- contrast to like the rowing we talked about earlier, where they've stuck to that long-term plan. Sure. Now, the thing with ice hockey, though, is we still don't even know if
1: the NHL is going to be here. Yeah. Which the, is, which is, you know, it, it's, it's, it's wild, actually. You would have thought that by now we would we would know. Yeah, there
2: should be a decision. Well, every week it's bit, we're supposed to have a decision. There should be one very soon after Tokyo, I think. Are there any other storylines that you're watching right now? Yeah, there's a couple, and they're still sort of distant medal hopes at this stage. But China actually, the women's three on three basketball team got a bronze medal, which was fantastic. They're still in the mix for the the main five on five basketball as well. So that will be pretty big news if they can get into the medal. I don't think they're favourites for gold, but um, they're still uh, in with a the shout there. And also beach volleyball, they had two pairs. In the round of 16, unfortunately, one already lost this morning to the Brazilians. But uh, the sort of the more famous pair of uh, of, of Wang and Xue who've been on the scene for a while, they play the Australians later today. And if they can make, if they can get through that game, they've actually had some great performances so far. So um, what I like about those sports is that you know China China plays the numbers, right? So shooting, weightlifting, lots of gold medals on option uh, on offer not massively fascinating sports it has to be said yeah. but you know you've got sports like beach volleyball and basketball these are fun globally competitive sports and you know if china can 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 get a medal in one of these then they're really on at the top of the world this is great it's what people want to see honestly like when you see someone win the, the 10 meter air rifle does anyone really care sure it's a gold medal but like Are people rushing to the shooting range to say, that's what I want to do with my life? I am in awe of the number of shooting events at the Olympics. (laughs) I had no idea there were so many, like, rifle and shooting events. Yeah. Okay. we got to finish with with another shooting story. Okay. Now, there is a difference, uh, I have discovered, between the range, the rifle and the pistol events, where it's... Basically, people trying to keep as still as possible for, like, 20 seconds while the viewers are falling asleep. And yeah. then suddenly there's a little <laughs> pretty pop. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. And then there's no reaction whatsoever. And then you see a little kind of score. Yeah. The drama is is limited, shall we say. The trap, or as I would know, like, kind of like the clay pigeon uh, shooting. I watched this. That's actually pretty fun. Yeah. Not only do you have, like, colored, you know, puffs of smoke going up. But they, they're playing, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers during the breaks. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was this great story yesterday with San Marino... Population 33,000, they've been, I looked up, they've been at 25 Olympic Games, winter and summer, in their history. Until this week, they'd never won a single medal. But then uh, one of their shooter uh, shooters in the in the trap event, she won a bronze in the individual. And then they were in the final against Spain for, for the gold medal, the, the mixed team event. And they, they ended up with silver, but two medals for San Marino. I mean, it was a that's that's a great Olympic story. That's what I love about the Olympics.
1: I mean, it's just the, the drama. I was on the
2: edge of my couch watching uh, yeah. this
1: event. And for I was like, Come on, never, San Marino! Just yeah, something like, you'd never heard of a no, week, a exactly. week previously. Yeah,
2: exactly. It was it was awesome. So that's kind of it for this week. How uh, we're looking at trying to get two out of each week during the Olympics, right? During the Olympics, two a week. So th- today's Sunday, and then. We- will
1: also record Thursday, and I'll try to get that up the day of. However, think of this as a soft launch.
2: Yeah, we're working on something a little bit further down the line, so uh, thanks for listening, and please send in any feedback if you have. You can uh, catch us on Twitter. I've, To be honest, I've been spending half my days on Twitter. At the moment. There's just so much going on. And how can people find you, Mark? Dryer China, so D-R-E-Y-E-R China,
1: as you would expect. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back on
2: Thursday.